for listening to Coffee Talk. I am your host, Liv Alliston, and I am here with one of my amazing guest writers, Austin Stratton. Austin, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, so I am, as she said, I'm Austin Stratton. I have been with my husband. We've been together for 13 years, married for 12. Um, we have a 10-year-old girl, a 9-year-old. I have to stop and think about it because there's a lot of them. Um, <laughs> A nine-year-old boy, a seven-year-old little girl, and then a three-year-old little girl. They're all beautiful. And hot messes. Hot messes. They're, I feel like every time we're together, we're chasing, we're finding one of them. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> it's normally Maddox. Like, he's normally my one that is my wanderer. He always comes back eventually. Well, that's great. But he, he is my wanderer. <laughs> I don't think it's ever changed. His favorite place in my house is my roof, so periodically I'll... I'll hear a random oh tapping my through my skylight, and I look up, and there's Maddox. We, oh had to, we had to make the rule he can't be up there in the rain, and he can't be up there before school. So, I mean, you know, that that's that's normal for us. This segment, um, we are just going to talk just a little bit about fun stuff and getting to know each of us, and then we're going to have her come back for some different episodes, really kind of diving into God's Word and different issues. So... One of the questions I wanted to ask you, what are the top three things that you would say you pray for your kids? I don't know that I could isolate that down to three specific things. I've always prayed for the typical, Lord, give me grace so that I don't kill them. (laughs) Um, Something, though, I really started doing, this was several years ago. You'll find out a little bit more about me as we get through this, but our life is not simple. No one's is really simple. Ours kind of falls in the category of a little less simple. Two special needs daughters and my husband and father-in-law shared a business and we lost my father-in-law several years ago. So went through kind of readjustment in that and just a lot of varying things that add a different layer of complexity. And when our oldest, Adeline, was probably about six or seven, I was really struggling with not knowing how to help her as she was struggling through things, being a little girl, having siblings that were in and out of the hospital and me being away and needing to be with them and not knowing what, I didn't even know what she needed and I didn't even know how to help her. And I was finding myself getting short and being frustrated and having adult expectations on a child. And that's, that's not fair. It's not right. But it is oftentimes how we as adults think. And so I started a habit that I'm not always good about, but when I do is very effective. And I would go in my kids' rooms every night, each one of them individually, and I would pray over what I struggled with them that day. Whether it was knowing how to redirect them or be more patient with them or how to speak truth into them where they hear it and understand it or you know, something as simple as, they're not wanting to eat and I need them to eat because they're cranky. Um, <laughs> I mean, it can be, it, it was the most simple things to the most complex issues. But when I would take the time to do that, I found it didn't always change them and their struggle, but it did change my perspective on it. And the Lord used it to bring about a lot of perspective in me. So I can't and say there's an example. It, it, it does. And it, I can't say there's anything specific, three specific prayers I've prayed over them, but that has been my pattern of prayer for mm-hmm. my children mm-hmm. for many, many years now. So I do obviously like the standard Lord help them to come to salvation, right? And then, you know, love him with all their body, mm-hmm. mind, heart, soul, strength. And then the other thing I've been praying is uh, that they God would give them a submissive spirit to yield to his word. Yes. Which also includes children obey your parents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
mm-hmm. thankfully. So, which then eventually <clears throat> translates into teachers and other authority Everything, figures yeah. and coaches. Yes, and, and like I'm like, if you can't obey mommy, you how uh-huh. are you gonna obey God? And so you know, being submissive to His Word. And then what we often do when Clark, he's three, so he's going through a lot of toddler emotions mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. <sighs> so Big emotions, little words makes say for a prayer for really me. complicated. <laughs> yes. So very tiny body, very big emotions, lots of tears. And what we started doing, like, to teach him to manage anger, because I'm like, I'm not great at managing anger. Right. You know, I've got a lot of anger issues, and I don't know how to manage it well. And so God could teach us how to do anything. So I'm Mm -hmm. like, all right, Clark, we're going to just pray that God, we're going to give our anger to him and just ask him, teach us how to healthily process it so that we're acknowledging it, but that we're not sinning in our anger. And so we've just kind of been doing that. So that's another prayer that we do together. Clark well, and, and I'll tell you it, you know, mine are still young. I, I'm, I'm smart enough to know what I don't know. <laughs> and I know it's only going to get harder as they get older. Yeah. But I can say in the last couple of years, I've done a similar thing with Adeline of you've got to be willing to talk to the Lord. Right. When you're having a crummy day, when you're frustrated, You've got to be willing, as as hard and awkward as it is sometimes, even for a child, to figure out how to open that dialogue when they're not looking at the person. Right. It does start to translate. Yes. And I've seen things in her even the last year that she's like, you know what? We can look back on and go, okay, you you and the Lord talked about this, and this is the conclusion you came to. And moments where she's been frustrated and, and come back and gone, you know what, Mom? God really did work that out and it didn't go how I wanted it to go, but it was better. Yeah. Well, and that helps them not stand on your faith. Yes. But really develop their own faith and own it so that they are prepared to go out into a world that's going to reject them at some point because of their faith. Mm -hmm. And that's what I started doing with Clark as well is at nighttime, I would just say, you know, do you know that God talks to you, right? Like he can talk to you. He's like, I cannot hear him. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, okay, not, this is not a little exactly, confusing. but yes. Um, I was like, he could talk to you where you could hear mm-hmm. him. Absolutely. I'm not going to put him in a box. But most of the time, he talks to like to our hearts. And it was really hard to explain. Still don't know if he really grasped it. But we've trying to make it a habit of let's pray. Let's try to listen to God's voice. Does he say anything? And letting him know that he can have that conversation it's giving him with that him. that idea and that, that yes. confidence and that. Because I do think that's one of my, I mean, you asked the question, one of my biggest prayers and probably fears for my children is I want them, I want their faith to be theirs. Right. I don't want it to be mine. Yeah. Because it won't last. It won't. And, and we've seen too many people that have fallen off because they were so dependent upon the faith of their parents mm-hmm. as opposed to letting their parents' faith leave a legacy. And I think that's yeah. really what I want to see in my children is that they see me living out in truth and honesty what faith looks like mm-hmm. so that they can learn, okay, this is a real thing and this is something that can be personal and mine right, and not theirs. Right. Switching gears a little bit. You love exercising. I do. You do. What What is your favorite way to exercise? So... I figured out, and this just for moms and dads too, I think, just people in general, something we don't think about in today's culture is that God made our bodies to be used. Mm-hmm. There's there's a purpose. God made our bodies to function and to 
move and to interact with his creation. And, and that's not something that's a common idea. You know, mm-hmm. we generally, people that want to work out and work out a lot, it's for an appearance. It's right. for a, it is for a largely superficial thing. I work out partly because I like cupcakes. Um, <laughs> Who doesn't? I mean, <laughs> a good cupcake. Let's, let's talk about that. But I, if I could do anything, I love to hike. I love to hike. I love to climb. Yeah. Um, I love to be outdoors in God's creation. I know that's not everybody's cup of tea. Mm-hmm. It is mine. Yeah. Now, reality is we live in DFW. We're a little scant on the mountains. Just a little bit. So I, for a long time, I ran um, and I, I really enjoyed that. It became not a great option after our fourth child was born because I was running with my kids and taking her outside. Her immune system was not healthy enough that she could be outside with me. So I kind of stumbled into what Mark calls cross cult. Um <laughs> I do CrossFit, but what I what I will say about that, because I know the simple statement turns a lot of people off. There are a lot of horrible CrossFit gyms out there. But I I reached out to a couple of people that I knew because I'd heard rumor there were a couple in the Metroplex that were really good. And within a day of trying to find a place that I could go and I could exercise and be in a good, healthy environment, because I, it is something I'm very cautious about of the environment that I am in, mm-hmm. because it's really easy to compromise yeah. in that environment, in that setting, especially when you're working out and exercising with a group of people that are not necessarily like-minded. Right. Because again, in this culture, it's typically a more superficial thing. And I ended up stumbling upon a Jim and Richardson Um, recommendations from five different people that I knew that the owners are believers. It's a very mixed group of people, but it's a sweet, sweet community. Mm -hmm. Not only are they encouraging each other in just health goals and fitness goals, but also in just life goals. Moms that are struggling with toddlers and they've got their toddlers running around the gym while we're working out, you know, somebody else is scooping up somebody else's kid. And it's, it's a very sweet camaraderie amidst the drudgery of working out. Because some yeah. days it's a drudgery. Yeah. But I, I will say for most people and for me, it is what keeps me mentally healthy. Yeah. And you are able to process through things so much better because that's what God designed our bodies to do. Right. I found, and I know you know this, I believe, yeah. Dwell Yoga Studio. Yes. I don't, you've been. No, right? but okay. I'm dying. I want to come do it with it's you amazing. one day. It's amazing. So I will also, I want to link your gym in yeah. the show notes. Please and do. then I will dwell as well. So it's a Christian yoga studio, and it's meditative, but on God's word. Right. So you pres- there's a scripture. They read the scripture. As you're working through the poses, they're meditating on that scripture. And it's just so refreshing for your body, mind, and your soul. You know, it's- Well, I mean, I as much as yoga is not my favorite thing to do, one thing I do love about it is it's a forced stop. Right. I mean, having to, to stand there, having to hold those poses poses, which if you've never done yoga, I will tell you is hard as snot, it is hard. but having to, to have that forced stop of doing something that is challenging, that is a, a stretch on your body and then letting your mind just be and right. focus and dwell, I think is such a lacking thing yeah. that we have. Yeah. I was not comfortable with that. Like my roommate. It's uncomfortable. It's hard. Yeah. My roommate in college got me into yoga and I was like, how long are we holding this? Like I could have been done with the whole thing by now. This is ridiculous. (laughs) I hated it. I was like fast, didn't want to slow down. And my husband really helped me a lot just to kind of learn to rest. It's so hard. Yeah. And so now I've actually, I enjoy it. But it took years. It's something you have to train yourself to do because it is so countercultural. Yes. To just 
be. Yes. So my next question for you is about, since we're in Texas, it's about the weather. Do you like hot weather or cold weather? I know if you I live in Texas. If I have to pick two, one of the two, it will always be hot. Really? Yes. Okay. I can take layers off, but... I- for me, having to get enough layers on to stay warm is almost impossible. Now, if I'm going to do cold, I want to be somewhere where I can enjoy the cold, like the mountains where there's snow, where Pretty. I can enjoy and partake in the fun parts of being cold. Right. Cold for the sake of being cold, I will never choose. I, I enjoy being colder weather more than hot because I don't I don't like sweating. <laughs> Which is also See, I don't why mind I don't sweating. like working like, out I can handle, a lot. <laughs> I, can, I can handle sweating. I'm okay with that. Yes. But I, I, I don't like, I, I don't like being cold. So when there's like, there's a bone cold, right? Like yes. where it's so cold, you cannot, like you're uncontrollably shivering. Yes. I don't enjoy that. But if you have enough layers, then I feel, I like, see, I like fall fashion. I like see, winter coats. See, I can do. I love a true fall. Fall is beautiful. Fall and spring in Texas are practically perfect. They're, yeah. We get about two weeks of them. <laughs> and that's it. And they're wonderful. And then... Those two weeks. Then the bomb drops. Yeah. But those two weeks are great. So the next question is about hobbies. Three hobbies. Do you have hobbies outside of your children? <laughs> I, I, I don't know that Do I have, have any hobbies, hobbies right now. <laughs> Um, what, what did, what did, what did you used to like doing before you had children? Um, exercise. I mean, I will say that is definitely a hobby for me. Um, I do like to be creative. I'm not super artistic. Mm -hmm. Designing things, come up with ideas, different ways to decorate. I know our bedroom set, when Mark and I first got married, we were broke and we couldn't settle on a bedroom set that we liked. I wanted something that was more rustic and it's really hard to find that because most bedroom sets are very formal. Yeah. Um, and the modern style, it was not a thing when we got married. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up finding this old awful and it was awful. <laughs> it was this dresser and bedside tables I found on Craigslist back when people still used Craigslist <laughs> and it wasn't super shady. Um, don't recommend it necessarily yeah, now. Pretty creepy right now. Um, <laughs> And it had like it had to have had like seven layers of varnish on it. I mean, it was 1970s. It had lion head drawer pulls. <laughs> I mean, it was terrible. But I took it and I stripped it down and I restained it. I distressed it, and that really wasn't a trend then. And then my dad helped me put together and build our bed. Our bed actually has the corrugated tin from the roof that was on my husband's grandmother's dairy barn. Wow. So I did that. I redid our dining room table. I I like those kind of projects. I do enjoy woodworking projects. I don't get time to do them anymore. Yeah. I love things like that where I can work with my hands. And I would say writing for you. Yeah. You're writing, very good at writing. Writing has been a very, writing was something I, I've always enjoyed, mm-hmm. um, but it kind of got dumped into, my sister kind of actually is who dumped me into it. When we had Briley, who's our third, she was born, she was a preemie. We didn't really know the whole picture with her when she was born. We knew there were some issues. It wasn't until a couple weeks into her being born, we knew she'd had a stroke And everybody was asking me questions and my brain was so just spent that my sister's like, you need to write it down. That way when someone asks, you can say, here, you can read it because I just did not have the capacity to think, to answer everyone's questions at Mm -hmm. the time. And that's kind of how it got started. And it's been a super sweet thing for me Mm -hmm. because I will put things down on paper that when I get done, I look at them and I go, okay, I didn't realize that's where I was. Yeah. 
And the Lord has used it to show me so many things about my relationship with him and my struggles that I couldn't process out loud audibly. Yeah. But I could process on paper. Yes, I agree. It's very cathartic and that's helped me Mm -hmm. work through so many issues that I knew that I had, but I didn't really know how to get through them. And then some that I didn't even know I had, I would just start writing and I'm like, oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. There's been several like that, that I got done. I was like, oh, so that's what was going on. Okay. I'm glad that finally came out. Great. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Yeah. You always hear journaling is a great thing. And it's kind of when I really blew off largely. Mm -hmm. Um, I never journaled. I I was never a journaler. And I kind of thought it was a little bit dumb. I'm not going to lie. I apologize yep. to any of you nope. who journal. I did too. I now think it's a wonderful thing. Yep. <laughs> um, but I do. I think that process of, you know, it's kind of like with anything in life of we can work through it on our own and work through it with other people. But mm-hmm. also to me, it's a sweet way to work through it with the Lord. Yes. Because he gives you words in those moments that are not, they're not yours. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I would say writing is probably one of mine. And then I love architecture and interior design. Mm-hmm. I have And this, you're good at it. Thank you. I have this um, architecture program that I do different like, oh, that's floor plans. Fun. And, yeah, I enjoy doing that a lot. I've designed a lot of houses, never built one yet, you know, fingers crossed. And then Plenty the other time. thing, I, I, I would say it's a hobby. I guess I didn't think of it, but handle making. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's a because bit it really did start as a hobby for you. Yeah, it did. It's artistic in a lot of ways, but it's also like scientific. Yeah. I was going to say it's a very good mix of the two. Mm-hmm. You really have to kind of play around with it to really get what you want. So the other question I have for you, what, and this is going to be a crazy one, I know because I know your life, but what does a typical day look like for you? It It's crazy. Yeah. It's never, really never the same twice, but I mean, general things, and these are things I've had to learn since I've had our fourth. I am not a super organized person. Now I would say I like to have my mind very organized, mm-hmm. but I'm okay with chaos a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I am, and that's not necessarily the most effective when you have children but when you have that many you kind of have to be you kind of have to be a little bit okay with chaos you have to find what I've told people about having a fourth was that with three there were still a lot of things I thought I'd let go of Mm. that by the time we had our fourth it was like well there's no hope for that happening so I'm not gonna worry about it anymore like you realize the things that you were still holding on to and still trying to control that you can't control. So, I mean, for me, a typical day is I get up during the school year, at least I get up at five, about five o'clock. Um, I go to the gym at five 30 and I'm there from five 30 to six 30. I leave there. We go home. Mark has been super, super helpful because I started teaching the kids school a couple years ago and he's been great about stepping in and he's gotten the kids up. So by the time I get home, they're up, they're already starting to get ready Make sure everybody's got breakfast, pack my stuff. We all go off to school, get through the day, end of the day. Adeline, our oldest, um, she started doing competitive gymnastics, not like we're going pre-Olympic here. <laughs> Just So typically at the end of most days, not every day, but most days I pick her up from school, I run her to the gym, then I go back and get the other kids. I've gotten her in the last couple of years. I really try to, in that time in between, I either use it to plan for the next day or we'll go home for a little bit and I'll get something prepped for 
dinner or we'll go get groceries. I'm not always great about that because we time doesn't always manage the way I'd like it to. Yeah. But I try to. And then we pick Adeline up in the evening, feed her something quick, put everybody to bed. And then once they're in bed, it's kind of when my evening begins yeah. of <laughs> prepping lunches. So I that's that's one of the things I started doing when we had our fourth was I prepped the night before. Yeah. I used to be a last-minute procrastinator. I can't be. That is something I learned I do need to do for me to not feel super anxious. During the summer, we do a lot more. The younger girls have therapy, and my mom and mother-in-law help with it a lot during the school year. But we take them to therapy. We take Adeline to the gym. And we do a lot of doctor's appointments. Yeah. We do... So I do the same type thing where when the boys are napping or once they've gone to bed, that's when I do my work. There are times when I do it while they're awake. I really try not to. But it's one of those... Sometimes you just sometimes have you can't to. Sometimes can't help it. Right. So wake up. I, I've been waking up, having quiet time in the morning. I have not reintroduced exercise just yet. So I had a blood clot about a year There's ago. There's time. Yeah, you've still, had some other complicating still factors. Still hurting. Um, and I think I'm adjusting to two, mm-hmm. which sounds crazy because I know you no, have four. No, it's but... not. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, it, it is. It's an adjustment. And it's a, an adjustment in thinking. And I know, I mean, for y'all, work dynamics have changed some in the last right. year. And right. that changes things. And you've got to do it when you're ready. Yeah. But I do homeschool. He is three, so he's learning just basic stuff. Right. But I learned for myself last year that I have to plan loosely on paper. And loosely, I think, is important with it anything is. like that. Especially when they're three. Yes. Like, that's what I overplanned like too many things last time. And so I've really kind of kept it more realistic now that I know his attention span and, mm-hmm. you know, how he learns. And I went ahead and I printed and pulled everything and it's in a file folder so that each week, like each day, I've got like a little You're stack ready. of papers. I'm ready. I can roll out of bed and it's done. So I'm going to ask you one more question. Okay. Because uh, we're running out of time. I'm ready. All right. So this is something I've asked all of my guest writers. And I would like to know your top five book recommendations. And we will put this in the show notes. So make sure they're good. <laughs> okay. All right. No, no pressure, no right? No pressure. <laughs> Okay, one of my favorite books, and it's a children's book, and it's just a sweet story, is it's called A Cricket in Times Square. I remember I read it in the second grade, um, and I just it was a sweet, sweet read for me just because my teacher knew I was dying to read the book. So she did it as read aloud, but she'd let me read it ahead. Uh-huh. Um, so it was, it's just a sweet story. It's a very sweet little friend story that I, uh, I really, really enjoyed. Um, another one that is one of my personal favorites is um, C.S. Lewis's A Grief Observed. Oh, yeah. It's just, I know a lot of people can't read him because of the verbiage, but his real and rawness on that is, there's just very little like it. And it's mm-hmm. it's so very honest. And right. I, I really, really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. A friend of ours, a mutual friend of both Liv and I's dad, has written some young adult fiction that I actually do really enjoy called Sage Alexander. If you like fantasy or anything like that, they're really good. I've thoroughly enjoyed those for just fun reads. And they're well written, but they're easy reads. Other books that I enjoy reading, one that it is a Bible study in a book that really rocked me about four or five years ago is called Lord Change My Attitude. And Ooh, I'm telling you, you want to you want a super slap in the face 
It is, but it is so good because it it basically goes through and marks out how our how our attitudes really affect our living. And it's really it, it is super convicting, but it definitely has been one that stuck with me. Yeah. A lot. I'd have to say one of my other favorites, and people are going to find me a little odd for this one, is I love, I've read read it a thousand times, um, Metamorphosis by Kafka. A real interesting book, but real short. But I do, I enjoy Russian literature. Well, there you go. So. Not everyone can say that. So. No, no I, I like I like reading weird stuff. I mean, I read Hitler's autobiography when I was a freshman. Really fascinating. But I, I like, I just like books. Yeah. I love books. Well, so you mentioned A Grief Observed. So one of my recommendations is A Severe Mercy. Oh, Have you read that? So good. Okay. So Rachel, who um, she was a guest writer. Yes. She's now launched her own website and everything. Yes, so she's, and check it out. Yes. She's fantastic. We'll, we'll put that in the show notes as well. Um, so anyway, she is no longer writing for me, but she might appear in a podcast. Ooh, I'm yeah. trying to lure her in. Come so on, Rachel. I know. She's the one who gave me a severe mercy. And I, I mean, wow, it was incredible. And, but you know, because you've mm-hmm. read it, it's letters from C.S. Yes. Lewis. And so it's the same type of writing, the same yes. type of dialogue. It's 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 heady. It is. But it's, it's very heady. When you yes, it's, it's if you can break it down and get in that, I would say that of most of C.S. Lewis's work, mm-hmm. it takes a little bit to kind of get into the rhythm of his writing. Yes, but when you do, you realize how very human and relatable it is. Yes, and that I would say that with anything that he has ever written. Yeah. Um, so the other book I, which I just finished, is Knowledge of the Holy. By A.W. Tozer. I have heard it is fantastic. I have it's not so gotten good. to read it yet. And I will tell you, for busy, for me, I don't have a lot of time to read anymore. Yeah. But something I've started doing, and I've done it with my kids too, is I do books on tape. Yeah. I have Drew an Audible account, and I do books on tape because we're in the car. Yeah. We're busy. I mean, we got through three novels this summer with the kids wow. that we did on tape together. They read separately on their own. Yeah. But that's actually one that I was going to do as yeah. an Audible book. Yeah. Because I don't have time to sit down and read it, but I've heard it is fantastic. It is. The chapters are all like about three or four pages long, so they're very short, but it still takes a long time to go through because mm-hmm. it's so heady. And I mean, you're dealing with all the attributes of God. Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of a big... <laughs> it's it's a, a big, big undertaking. Yeah, it is. So it was, it was an amazing book. Um, what a difference a mom makes in the life of her son. And then I wrote Mere Christianity. So another still a great Lewis. one. And then A Tale of Two Cities. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. It's a good one. I yeah. like classics. I do too. See, like Great Expectations. I'm not a big Jane Austen Prejudice. fan. Okay, see, I love Pride and Prejudice. I'm not a big Jane Austen fan. I loved um, the Bronte Sisters more. Okay. If I'm going to Do you like Jane Eyre? I love Jane yes. Eyre. Yes. Jane Eyre is one of my all-time it favorite books. It is a good books. one. That's a good I one. like the, there's a lot of depth to yes, Jane Eyre that I like. It's true. It is true. And then another one that's on my bucket list I will say to read right now, I have not read it yet, is a book called Screens and Teens. Screens are a regular part of our kids' lives, and it teaches and talks about how to ground them in biblical truth with it as much as you can. Yeah. It's never going to be a perfect system, but that is one that's on my bucket list to read this year. Yeah. That I'm planning to trudge, and I do mean trudge, through (laughs) at some point this year. Well, thank you so much for joining us this today. This is fantastic. I know. We're so excited. So thank you so much for listening. You have been prayed for, and have a wonderful day. 